Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Yeah, welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show. Your host, of course, is David Chavez. I'm not David Chavez. My name is Mark Jeffrey. I'm the executive producer for the, the Strategy Sherpa Show. And and you're probably wondering, well, what's he doing here? Well, um, David and I have had a bunch of conversations, and we were talking about the fact that uh, a lot of people haven't had a chance to get to know David. He talks to a lot of uh, guests and clients and bringing out a lot of great information from those folks, but we don't get a chance to learn about David and his background and, in fact, his journey and how he got here. So uh, we wanted to pull back the curtain a little bit. So, uh, David, I want to say good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Mark. Thank you for uh, hosting the show today. Uh, hey, I'm excited to give the listeners a chance to uh, to get to know you a little bit better. So why don't we jump right in? One of the things I was thinking about is, I, uh, of course, I know your background and, and some of our listeners might not. So talking about from a teenage hustler to a business guru. <laughs> so what some folks don't know is you started, um, you know, you were doing business before you were 16. Um, yep. You know, at, at age 11, you're doing three newspapers. What are some of those lessons that you learned as a young entrepreneur that kind of influence your work today? Well, I, I think it's a lot about discipline, you know, um, and staying with something and having that ability to stay focused and to do what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and like at 11, I did have three paper routes. Um, I, uh, I, I lived in La Mesa, California at the time, which is just right outside of San Diego. And I rode my bike probably about 10 miles a day delivering those three paper routes. Um, it was funny because uh, um, I think that one of the best things that I learned is the discipline and then it was a lot of fun every month after all that discipline to go collect the money. So uh, um, that was the reward, right? And and if I did a good job, I, I made good tips. So I made just as much in tips as I did in uh, in actually delivering the papers. So it was a good good thing. So, okay, so you made money. Now, when you're a kid who's 11, 12, 13, and you got a pocket full of money, I know what I would do. What did you do with that money, David? Well, uh, um, I I saved a lot, so and then I just had money available to go and do things that I wanted to do and buy the things that I needed or wanted. So I used it wisely, but I used it uh, mainly to do things wh what kids do with money, buy things that they want. Um, because your parents, my, I didn't grow up rich, so uh, uh, necessarily if I wanted something. I had to work for it to get it myself. I wasn't going to necessarily be given it. Yeah, no, that, that's excellent that you got that kind of um, that creed early on about working hard and saving your money. So um, some folks don't know that you served in the Army. I want to thank you for your service, sir. I thank you. appreciate it. Um, so you served in the Army during, you know, a tense time. So uh, that was a time that was, you know, under pressure. So those experiences under pressure, how did that shape your approach to business and your ability to lead teams through tough situations? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I learned a lot from the Army, and and I, I think the Army advanced my discipline even more um, in the sense that uh, um, I, w- I was in the artillery, so I was in one of the, what they call the combat MOSs, which is, uh, uh, which MOSs, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically your job. Uh, it's what the military acronym is for your job. And uh, and so so being in that, there was a lot of discipline. There was a lot of focus. Uh, that was at the time I was in Germany from 84 to 88 when the wall was still up. Uh, I, the wall came down about nine months after I left. Um, it was a really tense time leading up to that. Um, like the last year I was in the field about 274 days and I um, probably uh, helped me make my decision to get out of the army <laughs> and go to school. <laughs> so so I really went in the army so I could go to school because my parents couldn't afford to send me to school and there was no other way for me to really go. So, Well, before we wrap up the army uh, portion of your life, so I understand that during your stay in the army, you were able to do what two hundred and fifty sit ups and one hundred and twelve push ups. Is that correct? In just like two minutes? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty amazing. I don't think I could do that today. <laughs> I'd probably have to lose about twenty thirty pounds before I could do that, and um, and then I'd have to actually work out to do it. But yes, it was pretty amazing how good a shape they had me in. So yeah. Well, and that t- that goes back to what you said before about discipline. And so again, I think for our listeners. Um, you know, it's something important to know about David is it's kind of a common theme is discipline. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you got out of the army and what school did you go to? Um, so I, I went to school when I was in uh, the army in Europe. I, I, I actually went to school for a few years with city college of Chicago in Europe. They actually oh. had a European campus. And then um, I, I finished at UNLV and then went to work with Arthur Anderson after that. So. Well, how did you uh, go to Arthur Anderson? Did you just pick a, a big company you wanted to work for, or did they find you? Uh, no, no. When I was at UNLV, um, one of the, the the chairman of the accounting department, we were trying to become an accredited school, and uh, and we were going through the accreditation process, and he came to me and asked me to help the student side of it. And I did do that. And then I went on to become uh, start the professional accounting fraternity at UNLV called Beta Alpha Psi. So I, I became the first president of that. And uh, th- that's uh, that was a lot of fun. It was just a really good experience to get. Um, that was the first accreditation of the accounting department. And the accreditation went on to the business school later on, too. So it was it was a really good experience. And then from that um, led to me meeting a lot of uh, business leaders in the community. And of course, um, you had to have good grades because Arthur Anderson wasn't hiring you if you weren't at the top of the class. So what did you do when you uh, joined Arthur Anderson? Um, I started out in their tax department. I worked in their tax department for about a year. And then I switched over to the audit and consulting side and did auditing for about two years and then uh, did consulting the last couple of years I was there. I, I, I wouldn't say I was there two more years. It's about a year and a half because I, I was there about four and a half years. And so uh, did you enjoy the working on taxes or did you like the consulting portion of, of well things. i think tax is interesting but tax is just law it makes no sense you can't use logic and tax because it's whatever the <laughs> government's whim is at the time right yeah. so um it was interesting learning a little bit about it 
And then, um, but, but I really enjoyed going out. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't really understand what accounting account, public accountants really do. A lot of it's communication, probably 80% of it's talking to people, interviewing, trying to find out if the information going into the accounting system is coming out of the accounting system correctly. That was a big part of an audit. Um, it's not really playing with the numbers as much as people think it is. It's more auditing process. So you learn a lot about how, how companies run. Right. So uh, what did you take away from Arthur Anderson? Was there processes that that they, uh, that, that uh, you know, you still use today or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a couple of things. You, you know, one of the partners once said to me, because I, when I first started, I was asking, hey, why are you guys so anal about everything that goes out this door? And he said, David, you have to understand consulting. You have to understand co- uh, um, this this world. He said, we are sell an intangible service. Anything tangible we give to the customer has to be the highest quality. And he said, because they get form their impression off of what we give them, because our service is intangible. It's the advice, but it's also the presentation of the physical things we give them. Hey, so you were working for Arthur Anderson, and then what was uh, the situation that had you leaving that organization? Well, well, I, I had several job offers as I was going along. I did fairly well there, um, and and people kept on coming to me to offer me a job. But a lot of times it was in um, larger cor- companies where I just knew I, I'm an entrepreneurial spirit. I knew it would never just go over. So I, uh, a, a, a friend of mine worked for a wealthy family and he was what they called their special projects coordinator. And he was being promoted into a controller or CFO role. I can't remember. I think it was a CFO role. And he had uh, contacted me and I had to go through nine different interviews and the, the family that we were working with uh, enjoyed it, and they invited me on. And I spent about a year and a half there buying and selling companies and be, basically overseeing the financial and representing the family in the businesses that they owned. It's about 113 businesses. Well, that's incredible. So at this point, you're still an employee, and you haven't you know become your own boss yet. No. So what, what led you down the uh, the path to go, you know what? I don't want to be an employee anymore. I I, I think I want to branch out on my own. What yeah, well, was when that I left point, Arthur, when I left Arthur Anderson, I had a couple of friends that just from years of living in Vegas and being around. And I, uh, um, when my friends, uh, what, uh, uh, my friends would come to me and ask me to help them with their business that they started. So I was already starting to help people, but I wasn't really helping them for money. It was just helping friends. And so when I left Arthur Anderson, I started helping him for real on, on a few things. And that led to me thinking about, oh, maybe I should just be starting my own company. Did that scare you at all, David, throwing from, hey, I can go here and get a good salary or I'm going to go off on my own? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think all business owners have that little bit of fear in them, fear, yeah. you know, when they started. And and w- the one thing I did, and it was it was advice from uh, somebody I knew I wish I could remember who it was, but they told me to think about what the worst case scenario is if I fail. The worst case scenario would be to go back and get a job making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and um, 
live my life that way. So that was the worst thing. Then that's where I knew I I would end up if I wasn't successful. So so it would that really gave me the push to go, okay, if that's the worst thing that happens to me, that's what I'm doing right now. So let's go try this. And then if it doesn't work, I can always come back and do what I was doing. Well, it sounds like you had an opportunity to learn a lot from the folks around you and, and uh, the organizations you were involved with. But what other type of continuing ed were you doing, David? Like even from a child, were you a book reader? Did you seek out mentors? How did your continuing ed manifest itself? Yeah, you know, uh, um, um, at the time when I was going to college, um, I actually worked for Olin Mills Portrait Studio. Remember them? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I started with them. I, I worked with them in high school a little bit, selling um, on the phone. And then when I uh, went to work, went to college, I needed to have a job still because I had a family I had to support still. Um, the army did pay me to go to school, but it wasn't enough to take care of my whole family. And so I started working with Ola Mills Portrait Studios selling on the phone. About three months in, they promoted me to manager. About six months later, they promoted me to area supervisor, which I had three different store phone rooms I was running. And then I um, went went on to, to be the highest sales area per capita about nine months later. And how I did that was reading. I just became obsessed. What do I need to do to teach sales? What do I need to do to be a better salesperson myself? How do I manage salespeople? How do I help motivate them and inspire them to do the things they need to do to hit the numbers that they're getting? And so that that really led me down the reading uh, or down the avenue of just self-development, right? Um, it's that discipline. If you don't know something, you have to spend some time learning it. And uh, I think I think you can... Like today, we have a lot of people say, just vision it and it'll come true. Well, vision without the discipline is nothing in the end. So you can vision all you want, but you have to have the discipline that goes behind it to make it happen. Well, hey, our technical director, Matt's flagging us saying it's time for a break. David, you want to get yeah. us into that? Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's take a break right now, and uh, we'll, I'll be we'll, we'll be back with the strategy. I'm, I'm, we're flipping roles, Mark, and now I'm making, yeah, uh, um, we'll pulling be back, back the, the curtain. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we'll be back with the strategy Sherpa show in just a moment with Mark Jeffries hosting and me, the strategy Sherpa, being interviewed. Thank you. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And I am here today with Mark Jeffries, who's, I, I think, um, he's leading the show today. And I am just a victim of whatever question yeah. he decides to ask me. We could go with grilling. We could go with under the microscope or maybe what we went with, which was we're pulling back the curtain on the Strategy Sherpa. That's um, right. That's right. And Mark Jeffries, just so everybody knows, is the producer of the show, the executive yeah. producer of, of of our show. So, yeah, a and I'm I'm glad that um you know we or I played a small role in in helping you get this show out to the public. Um, you know, at Voice America, we're here to help people do that and and give voices to folks who want to uh to uh well, you know, one of the things I, I have to say this that got Dave and I together is his positive messaging. Uh, that was one of the things that attracted me to David's show is like, okay, it's not about pushing anybody's buttons and getting people upset. It's uh, David and I had some honest conversations about what are you doing to help people? How can you help them further their business or their whether they want to be an entrepreneur or an employee? Now, uh, hey, David, before the break, we were talking about we are still in your um, uh, an employee because we know that you have an entrepreneurial spirit and we're going to get to assured strategy and and uh, you know what your company's all about. But as an employee, it takes me back when when I was an early employee, I made one huge mistake. Your show's about mistakes, and that's why I wanted to go in this direction. I made a huge mistake as an employee early on. Um, I was in radio. I, uh, I was an, uh, an on-air DJ. And one of the first stations I worked for, I ended up having a meeting with my program director, my boss. And what developed out of that was basically I ended up telling him in a not-so-nice manner he didn't know what he was doing. Now, in a way, that was true. It was absolutely true. My dad was in radio for 30 years. I had a lot of radio knowledge. But I went at the wrong approach as an employee to my supervisor. Now, so David, early on, as you were an employee, is there any employee lessons that you learned uh, so that when you became a supervisor, it kind of informed some of your decisions? Um, Did you have any yeah, difficult I, bosses? Yes, I, I have had some difficult bosses uh, uh, in my time. I think the difficult bosses that I had, I actually learned a lot from them. Um, I think that People who are really focused on what they're trying to do are difficult to work with, right? Um, yeah. So I, I I think you have to look past that a little bit and you have to focus on what you're trying to do and, and learning from the experience more than anything else. And that's not always easy, right? Um, yeah. Because there was probably challenging moments in there. But I, I, I would, I would th say that I, I'm thankful for the people who are really challenging to work with. 
because they taught me a lot of lessons about discipline, about staying focused. And as a young employee, I think that um, we have an idea in our head of what it's supposed to be like versus what it's like. And I always try to keep those two things in my mind, you know, what I think something is supposed to be and what it actually is. So I, I think that as a young employee, we think that the company's supposed to be doing all kinds of stuff for us and, um, and that we're supposed to, of course, do a good job for them. But I think that if you really want to advance your career, you have to invest in yourself. I, re I remember when I was at Arthur Anderson, there was probably eight or nine of us that would stay late, sometimes till 10, 11 o'clock at night. We'd have a problem on a client. We'd all be reading accounting pronouncements. I know that sounds really boring, and it really is. Um, but but we'd be reading it, arguing with each other, trying to help each other learn. And again, those those sessions were so very valuable. And it's the same things that we did in the army. You know, the army. One of the things they're great at is the repetitiveness and the training and. And it just never stops. And so we were training ourselves at that time. And it was very, very powerful. And we all went on to do very well. I still keep in touch with several of those guys. And all of us are doing fairly well. Okay, so we talked about your story from, you know, being on the streets, a young entrepreneur. You went into the Army. And then you, uh, you went to college, on to Arthur Anderson. Olin Mills got you more into sales. Um, and those sorts of things. So when did we make that jump where you're saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work completely for myself rather than be an, an employee? What, what, what was that trigger? Yeah, the trigger was I had a really bad boss. Um, so very difficult to deal with. I, I actually worked for a wealthy family and there was a gentleman that was actually leading the family and he was just a real, uh, gosh, I, I, I'd say egotistical um, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but, uh, he, he, he was always right. So there was no room to even share information with him that went on something. And, um, he called me in his office one day and he asked me if I, uh, liked working there. And I said, yes, I enjoy it. And then he asked me if I like him. And I told him, no, because I don't, I didn't. <laughs> um, and at Honesty. that point in time, he wanted to get rid of me. But um, I was way too valuable to the family at the time. And the when the family found out of the conversation and him wanting to get rid of me, um, they put a stop to that. And I ended up staying there another nine months. But the family was pretty instrumental at helping me getting my CPA firm open. So, Okay. Well, speaking of your CPA firm, is this a uh, assured strategy now? Is this when you, you made that leap? Uh, no, I actually owned a CPA firm um, and, and, and uh, grew it. And, and, you know, I have, I have some pretty great stories about growing that and some of the things I ran, some of the brick walls I ran into, let's just call them brick walls because yeah. um, that's what they were. But yeah, I owned it for 11 years. I owned it from uh, 1996 through 2007 when I sold it. And is that where you were named uh, top 40 under 40 for Nevada and, and Las Vegas? And, and I've, I've written uh, the write-ups about you considered one of the most influential people in Las Vegas. Is that one uh, was taking place at that time? Yeah, I was a legend in my own mind. Yes, you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, collecting trophies and certificates for you? 
Well, a lot of a lot of that is it, it's great publicity because back then, then and still today, you have to brand yourself, right? And you have to make sure that people understand that you're an expert at what you're doing. And we had a very good firm that was doing very good things, and so uh, um, we were able to uh, uh, put that out there. And and I, I ended up getting honored with some of those awards. And it was um, it was a great honor to have some of those things. I I probably need to do a little bit more of those. I've gotten away from that over the last twenty years, but at the same time, I really enjoyed the time when I when I won those things because it was recognized for all the hard work we had put in growing the company. Okay, and so then we talk about assured strategy. Now I have to ask you off the top, how'd you come up with that name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is a great story, Mark. And you'll remember this will date ourselves a little bit. But um, so this is 2008. I'm starting to work on a shirt strategy and, and just think about it. And we're, we're um, trying to and I'm with another lady. Her name was Catherine Taub. And she was out of San Diego. And I had met her as one of my CPA clients. And she had left the place where she was working and she was with me and we were trying to figure out names. And we were back in that day, time, you know, you had to ha be in the phone book in a certain yep. position. And so we were trying to be up front in the phone book in the co consulting section. And so we were trying to think of names with A and through bantering back and forth for hours, we ended up coming up with assured strategies. And then, um, you know, uh, strategies is a little uh, um, funny term because strategies, people talk about strategies all the time, but there's no strategies in a business. There is a strategy. And then that's when we actually switched our name to Assured Strategy. So, And, and so what did that first company look like? I mean, did you uh, get a physical building? Did you do it out of your house? What did that look oh. like? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I cannot work out of my house for the life of me. Um, oh. I will find everything else to do in the house except work when I'm there. So, uh, um, so I, I don't work in my house really well. So I, I, I got an executive suite. I started uh, talking to people. I was at the time I was being trained in scaling up, which is the system we primarily use today. And so I was going through the training. We were talking to businesses, getting some consulting. And I had a, a lady named Emily Hansen that was help, helping me. And she was just out talking to people and would get me little consulting projects that I could uh, get the, started. And it was I have a really funny story around that because after I sold my CPA firm, uh, BNY Mellon Bank came and offered me a job and they get, offered me a salary. It was a pretty good uh, thing. I, I don't remember exactly what the number was, but let's say that I had the opportunity to earn over a million dollars a year, and I turned it down. And um, the reason I turned it down is because I'm an entrepreneur, and I can't never see myself working in these large companies. And that year I turned it down, I made $60,000 on my tax return. <laughs> 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 but but you stuck with it. So um, you mentioned scaling up training program. Why did you select the scaling up training model? What appealed to you about that? Um, yeah, real quick. It, what 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 happened was is when I was growing my CPA firm about five years in, we had had rapid rapid growth. You know, you take the sk selling skills I had and the CPA knowledge that I had, and you put those two things together. Our growth was really rapid for the first four years, and it was just off the charts. Uh, I think even the fourth year, we were over 200%. 
you know, which is uh, which is pretty big when you're starting to build on a 300, 800 percent, you know, uh, growth. Um, and what ended up happening is it just stopped one day and I couldn't figure out why. And what had happened is the thing that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs start businesses because everyone else sucks at it and we're going to do it better than everybody else. And then what ends up happening as everybody else sucks at it, what ends up happening is that control aspect of our mentality stops us from growing to the next level that we really want to grow to because we want to do it better than else. everybody else. Perfection becomes our obsession. And so I stopped growing because I had reached the maximum ability to control at the number of people I had and the growth that we had already had. Well, and it sounds like some of those lessons you've carried over into uh, how you help clients with Assured Strategy. Our technical director over at the uh, Voice America Operations Center is flagging us for a break. David, you want to get us into that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do want to get us into a break. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show, and this is Mark Jeffrey um, interviewing me, David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa, and we will be right back after these uh, quick breaks here. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is David Chavez, and we're back with the Strategy Sherpa Show. Um, I have the honor of being interviewed today by Mr. Mark Jeffrey. He is our executive producer over at Voice America. And those of you who are looking to do a podcast, you really should contact them because they have made this so easy. And it is a live radio show. So we're actually on a radio show right now, and this is live. 
and we're actually broadcasting this live too. So it's a really um, unique opportunity and it made it really easy for me to get started in this. So I'll just give you a little plug there, Mark, for all that you guys have done for me. Oh, uh, thank you very much, David. I mean, I have to say you've made it very easy, really. Um, you're easy to work with and and exactly. Voice America has a lot of different shows sp uh, spread among our, our five channels. Um, and as we're looking for experts, um, and then we made our connection. We thought it's perfect because on the business channel, we're all about helping people. And when I started to learn about assured strategy and some of the things that you want to do, some of your core beliefs, Dave, because really you and I initially talked about what your core beliefs were and yeah. it aligned with what we want to do on the business channel here at Voice America. So appreciate the opportunity. We're kind of titling this episode, pulling back the curtain on the strategy Sherpa. Um, because uh, we realized after you've been on for, you know, since July, uh, last July, that folks maybe haven't gotten a chance to see you a little bit. So you were telling us a story before the break about scaling up in the training model and then why you picked scaling up. So you complete that thought? Yeah. So, so, so what, like I was saying, it, 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 you grow the business to your capacity, right? And um, I had saw this guy speak at a leadership conference for EO, for Entrepreneurs Organization, in uh, 2001 in, in, in Washington, D.C. And it was a guy who wrote a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, which is Vern Harnish. And um, I did what all good entrepreneurs do. I took the book back and threw it on my desk, and it sat there for a couple of years. Then that pain really got to me. Uh, and... In uh, 2003, I picked it up. I was a valuation guy. I actually did valuations on businesses more for the buying and selling. I've done over 100 uh, transactions of buying and selling companies in my career, probably almost 200 now. Um, and so what I did is I uh, used that system. I read the book and we all started implementing it because they didn't have coaches like myself at the time. And we had tripled our valuation in three years. And I was just amazed how the system could uh, um, triple my valuation. But I want to say that, you know, having been a scaling up coach now for over uh, about 15 years, um, I'm, I'm one of the more senior uh, scaling up coaches. I would tell you that scaling a company is a, a system will help you think and structure your company. If you really want to go fast and get better results inside of your company, you really have to work with the individual leaders in the company and make sure that they're still growing, right? That's probably the biggest challenge that a lot of our clients and even me, I run into as I'm scaling my company too. Well, speaking of a company and a shirt strategy, so now you're going to branch out on your own. Um, with Assured Strategy, we talked about how you picked the name in a way because it shows up first in the phone book, uh, Yellow Pages. I love that. I love that part of it. So now you have the challenge of finding clients. So what did you do about that? How did you How did you go about finding clients? Well, that was where Emily came in, right? I talked about her a little bit earlier. She came in and she was going to networking events. And I was pretty well connected from owning the CPA firm in Las Vegas. But the problem I kept on running into is everyone I would talk to in Vegas knew I was a CPA and they wanted to bring me back into that world where I'd sold my company. I didn't want to get back into that world. And so literally I had to take CPA off of everything really? so that people would stop looking at me as just a CPA. And because all the projects Emily was able to get and all related back 
to accounting in some way. So how many folks were on your first staff? Was it just you and a couple of people or? Just just me. And then um, <laughs> Emily was helping me a little bit. And then I ended up hiring a uh, an assistant for a part-time assistant. So that's how it started out and just going from there. Well, what were some of the greatest challenges to helping some of those early clients that you ran into? I think a little bit of it was just my knowledge of understanding what to do. I think a lot of people, when they're talking to me, even our company now about um, what we do for them, um, there's a competing system called EOS out there. And EOS was was written by a guy who was a scaling up coach like me. And um, and and people think that, uh, oh, EOS people are much cheaper or the EOS ch- system is cheaper. I, I think that people get caught up in money when they don't understand having the right coach who really understands business and has a lot of business acumen can make a huge difference in the planning and execution of your plans for your business. And so, um, uh, I, like, like I was talking a little er- earlier, people get mixed up with strategies. No, the company has a strategy. We have execution plans. And there we have many different things we're doing to execute on the strategy of the business. Those are execution plans, right? And so um, um, I'll just just leave that there for right now. Okay, so Assured Strategy, you know, we know that you focus on mistakes. Um, And why was that, David? Why did you, out of all the things maybe somebody should do to scale up their business, or as an entrepreneur, if they want to scale up, you can certainly help them with that. So what was it that made you focus on the mistakes? Well, well, a lot of, a lot of things have to come to do with um, self-awareness, right? Um, So let's go back to my CPA firm when I ran into that brick wall and I stopped growing. I had to get the self-awareness that I was a control freak. And that control freakness has not gone away. It's still alive in me today, but I'm a little more conscious of it when people talk to me about it and I'm able to see it. So really it's, it's self-awareness that you're really trying to find and really start to deal with, hey, maybe I am this way and it's not necessarily a bad thing, what I'm doing, but I have to be aware of it so it doesn't end up controlling me. So it sounds like you have a lot going on and you're growing your business and, uh, you know, we're, we know you're traveling all over the place at that point. So how did you maintain a work-life balance? What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, so so uh, at Assured Strategy, we don't really believe in work-life balance. I mean, I think we work with a lot of executives and a lot of middle managers and pretty senior middle managers, uh, like, like a director level, maybe at the manager level too. and. I think that if you're going to be a leader at a company, trying to get balance is almost impossible, right? Because what ends up happening is you don't know when the business is going to need you, your focus and attention. And that focus and attention could be staying like we did at Arthur Anderson till 10 o'clock at night, reviewing things, trying to figure things out, trying to move things forward. And um, I think that you have to be de- stay dedicated to doing that. So the, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that. 
Yeah. So, and, okay. Uh, but, but your question, you had a specific question. I think I lost my train of thought there. Yeah. No, well, we were talking about uh, some of the things that you learned early on and why you focused on mistakes and why you thought it's important out of all the things and that you were a tax expert and you had all these qualifications, you were an expert in sales, but you decided to, when helping a company, let's kind of focus on the mistakes. Yeah. It, it's just about self-awareness. And, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, when you talk to them and, and look, these are companies that have grown, they have a couple hundred employees now. They're not, these aren't small companies anymore that they're starting to enter the mid stage. And you talk to business leaders, they, they will tell you that one of the things they had to go through was realizing mistakes are part of the game, Right that you actually learn a lot from your mistakes. However, you learn a lot if you actually process the mistakes and pay attention to them, right? Um, and you try to learn from what you didn't do well. And so that's what we try to do on the Strategy Sherpa Show is talk about the mistake, but I'm not, I don't even really care that you made a mistake. What we're really trying to do is help people understand that those are okay because entrepreneurs judge themselves. And they get in the cycle of judgment, and then that leads to a little bit of spiraling. So you're saying part of it um, is getting them to maybe acknowledge the mistakes and then just owning it? Is that part of it? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And and that that's a little bit of the humility around it. Like, okay, we made a mistake. What, are we going to sit here and talk about the mistake forever? Or are we going to take the mistake, learn from it, and move on to something else? So I really wanted to do a show about mistakes because we have some pretty good leaders that have come on the show and shared mistakes. And, and I want to show that all leaders make mistakes. Mistakes are what really help us grow to the next level. And I, I would tell you, I think people learn a lot more when they make a mistake. I would like to think that we learn more when we do things successfully. But unfortunately, we don't. Well, it, to me, it's interesting, David, that you, um, okay, so we know with the shared strategy, you're dealing with multi-million dollar companies run by powerful CEOs. And some of these folks is like, yeah, I never mess up. I, I'm, I'm good. And I'm guessing that it's some of your communication skills you learned early on, like with Arthur Anderson or with Olin Mills, that you had to communicate to this important CEO. Okay, but let's focus on some of the things. You have to have some humility. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, I think they do, I do, um, but, but it, a little bit of it is, is starting to help them understand and listen to their team because you know you have people right close to you, and sometimes you don't listen to them as well as you could, and you know I even fall into that trap now. Um, but we have mechanisms to tell each other when we're actually doing this, right? Because sometimes you just lose consciousness. 85% of your behavior is in your subconscious mind and you really have no control of what you're doing. You're just running patterns. Well, you talked about mechanisms kind of to keep it everything on track at your company. Do you have, are you a daily meeting person, a weekly meeting person? Uh, how do you run that? Yeah, we have daily meetings, but we're virtual. So we do that on, on a chat. Um, so because uh, we have people across the country and um, we're trying to and then we're at clients a lot. So um, we do it via a, a, um, chat and our daily check in is what we call it. And then we have a weekly meeting that all the senior leaders get into that meeting. And we don't do it as regularly as larger companies. We do it every other week and try to stick to pretty much that that thing. And then we have a monthly meeting and that's about four hours long 
where we really dive into things and go through things that are going on. And then every quarter we have a quarterly retreat. Well, hey, I know Matt at the uh, Voice America Operations Center is flagging us up uh, for a break. Uh, on the other side of the break, though, David, I'd like to get into a little bit about um, we know that there's lots of clients that, that are contacting you through assuredstrategy.com. It's one of the easiest ways to get a hold of you uh, there to uh, to set up a contact. Maybe we could talk about what clients can expect, a new client, if they if they contact you folks and, and some of the things you could do for them. But I know we have to get into a break now, David. I'll let you take it. All right. So this is David Chavez, this is Strategy Sherpa Show, and we will be right back after this message. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our JetShare program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey everyone, this is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And hey, I want to take a second and just let you know that on Jul January 30th, I'm, I'm sick, I almost said July, J January 30th, um, I am doing a webinar on cash and how to increase your cash flow in your company. We're going to be talking about like how your employees think that you're making a lot of money. I'm going to walk you through how to read and understand financial statements in a basic way. And and then I'm going to show you something you should be sharing with employees so they can help you with cash a little bit more. A lot of leaders will tell me uh, employees can't help me with cash. Mm. Employees can help you a lot with cash. So join us on January 30th, and that is at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, hey, we're back here. I'll, I'm gonna let me jump in because I'm the one doing the grill. And Mark Jeffrey here. I'm executive producer for the Strategy Sherpa Show. Uh, and proud to be associated with David Chavez. Uh, we've been talking before the break. We talked about, you know, assured strategy and, and how David, well, I'm still, 
um, stunned, David, that at one point you turned turned down a a chance to make one million dollars a year as a salaried individual because you were really your entrepreneurial spirit wouldn't let you do that. You wanted to do it on your own. You said that that first year you turned down a million dollars, and your first year on your own you made sixty thousand. But look, here you are now. You know, um, you've obviously I would say made it. I know you don't feel satisfied with where you're at, but if I, I want to get into Assured Strategy, your company, if I'm a new client and, and I go to assuredstrategy.com, contact you through the portal, and what happens next, David? Yeah, well, what we, what we do is we like to come to one of your meetings and um, we can come th- to it virtually or, you know, look, if you're a, a good client fit for us after we get some analysis, we, we can actually physically come there. We'll do that on our own dime. Um, and we, I don't care where you're located in North America, we can come there. And, um, we, we, we really like to sit in the meeting and understand how your meetings are ran. And then after that, we can put together some kind of proposal that'll, that'll encompass it. And one of the things that we really focus on when we start working with the client is we do a lot of assessments. And so we're helping people get scaling up. And a lot of people come to us to help them with scaling up. But what we're really doing is assessing the business and trying to find out where the problems are really lying so that when we're putting in scaling up, we can really focus our time and effort on those problem areas. So um, how did you go about selecting some of the, you have some great coaches on your team. How did you, what's your selection process for saying, okay, I've you gotten to know this person. I want to bring you on my team. How'd you do that? Well, I, I would tell you if we've messed up more there than anywhere else in this company, you know, one of the things is is that there's coaches out there everywhere now. How does how do business owners really understand what is a good coach and what is a what is not such a good coach? And I will tell you that on our journey trying to find coaches, we've had a lot of bad coaches end up even in our firm, even though we thought they were good. Um, you just uh you you have to understand that people have to learn how to coach. Coaching is not something that people just do. And it's not as easy as just sitting down and talking to somebody. Um, you have to, you're, you're trying to help them move to some other stage. They're, they want change of some kind in themselves, in their business, whatever it is. And I can't just talk to them and get the change. I have to have some kind of plan and a program that we put them through that really helps them understand and get clarity of what they want. A lot of people don't know what they want. I I can tell you I've had several clients that um, after we started working with them for a little while, they just decided they didn't want to grow their business. And I think that's really good, right? It's not necessarily a bad thing because uh, why would you want to spend 10 years wanting talking about growing a company that you don't even realize you don't even really want to grow. So, um, so it's really just helping them understand these things. Well, that's great. And I, and I guess that also goes back to your communication skills that you've developed along the way in order to, to find those good coaches and trainers, as we both know, it, it can be tough to find those folks. So, uh, well, then- well, and also because, because like in accounting, people are trained in accounting, right? right. Coaches come from all over the place. Right. So they have a lot of different skill sets. And I would tell you that coaches come and and they may think they have the ability to coach because they were a great salesperson or a good marketing person or something like that, where where really I think the best coaches that that I, we have are, are 
people who have been and seen all the facets of a company and understand sort of how they run. Those are the best coaches that we we have because not only are we coaching our clients and teaching them scaling up, but we're also helping them think about their business. And so we have to have, have done something to be able to do that. You have to have actually experienced in, in order to do that. Hey, David, we just passed, obviously, January 1st. So New Year's goals, are you somebody who every year you make fresh new goals for the year? You're not one of those people? Mm-mm. Why, why is that? Because most of them just don't come true. So um, I I never start in January. If I want to start something new, I'll usually start it in the middle or end of January. Um, And because I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions, uh, most resolutions are dead by the end of the first year because (laughs) our brain really takes us. um, We we run patterns. 85% of our behaviors in our subconscious mind, and we're just running patterns. And we have to get out of those patterns to really make the change. And that's why a lot of these weight loss commercials are three weeks. Just give us three weeks. It takes about 21 days to develop a pattern of some kind. So you have to really stick with something if you're going to make a change for at least 21 days. But it takes 365 days to make it a lifetime change. And that's how we work with people at Assured Strategy. We It's okay for us to do a one-off, like a one retreat facilitating or a workshop for a potential client or something like that. But really, we're not really, um, that's not going to benefit the company. They really need to work with us for a year to really get the benefit of the company. And most of our clients end up working with us for about three to four years. But um, if they really want to make the change forever, they really need to stay with it for a longer period of time. Hey, David, I know we only have a couple of minutes left. I wanted to mention that you mentioned earlier Vern Harnish's book and the impact it had on you. And I want to point out to our listeners that David actually had a chance to interview Vern. Um, it's a great interview. Listen to myself. If you go to voiceamerica.com and you look up either Strategy Sherpa or search David Chavez, you'll see Vern Harnish's name. Strongly recommend you have a chance uh, when you get a chance to go ahead and listen to that episode. It's very enlightening. David, I know we're coming up to the end. I'll let you have, go ahead and wrap up the show, buddy. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned Vern at the end there, Mark, because um, Vern was really telling on on the podcast, uh, and he shared some ver- very valuable information on that podcast, a b- big mistake he made. And he was very honest about what he made it with scaling up even. And um, so I really appreciated that. And I think that um, if you're really wanting to learn about what we do at Assured Strategy, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you, maybe come to one of your meetings and and really understand what you're trying to do with your business and what your long-term goals are. And then once you get that, that focus, we can really uh, help your company just soar. Yeah, you have a lot of great people working for you. All folks need to do is go to assuredstrategy.com. Yep. And um, why, why, why we have a whole team is because we think that um, people have to be matched up with the personality that fits best for them. And that's why I developed a team, because I can't, my personality doesn't fit with every single person inside of a company. So Understood. Yeah. But um, definitely appreciate you being on today, Mark, and leading the the show. Um, thank you very much for doing this. This has been a you know sitting on the other side. Now I know how my guests feel a little bit. So um, it's it's very good. And got caught with uh, you know not remembering the question and all the things my guests do. So um, it was a very valuable experience for me, and I appreciate that. A lot of learning in this uh, episode for me. So um, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, Mark Jeffries and Voice America, very strong. 
strong ally of ours. Um, they have definitely helped us a lot in our business. And um, and I want I hope everyone has a chance to really listen to the Vern Harnish episode. So and don't forget uh, January 30th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. or 11. Yeah, 1 a.m. Uh, uh, Eastern time. Uh, we will be doing a cash webinar. And I just, uh, Mark, any last words? That's it. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming to the show today. And we look forward to seeing you or uh, um, ta talking with you on the next show. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.